Welcome to the normal Wednesday episode of User Words Podcast. Now, on this week, Josh wanted to talk about something a little more controversial, uh, the Second Amendment and guns and that. So we ended up having a conversation. It went a lot longer than we planned for it to go. And the conversation was decent enough that I was like, all right, we'll keep the whole thing. So, so you don't have to sit here and trudge through a whole two and a half hour audio file today. What we're doing is we're breaking up the conversation between two different days. So the first half is going to be releasing today on the 11th. And the second half will either be releasing on the 13th or 14th, just depending on a few things there. But the second half of this will be coming out. So tonight, today is the first about hour and 10 minutes or so. And then the remainder of that two and a half hour conversation will come out then. So that being said, let's get started. Navy Echo 5 to uniform, uniform Yankee whiskey. Comms check. <laughs> I know exactly what you just did. <laughs> Johnson has no idea. Brewer might have an idea. Brewer should have an idea. He should, but I don't know if he did. And I know Johnson did not. I know exactly what you did because I, 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 I well, yes. Good job. Woohoo! What did he do? What words did he say? Thank you. I'm He said two other words. It was Navy Echo 5. Wow. <laughs> Great. Now I even have the stupid press the <laughs> press the talk and kill your Navy Echo 5 uniform Yankee whiskey. Com check. Are you serious? Brewer? NAFW. Wait. What? Wait, wait. Yankee Echo. No, not Yankee. I said Navy Echo 5. Oh, so any F- Navy Echo 5 to Yankee Uniform Whiskey. Wait, no. no. Uni- uniform Yankee Whiskey. Yeah. Com check. UIF? No, UIW. Which would be? Use your word. Oh. I, I'm sitting here like, are you serious? I'm like, I'm like thinking to myself. Johnson, like, what's, I what's can the- understand. But Mr. War History over here, he should know these things. That's not more history. Eh, you just yeah, don't it's know. military history. Navy yeah, Echo Five is generically any aircraft operating outside the Pensacola or the Greater Pensacola Air, or, <clears throat> or Pensacola area that is from Training Air Wing Five. Oh, see, I would not know the specifics on that. Yeah, but you I should, didn't expect you to. But you should know the oh the uniform Yankee. Oh yeah. Okay. But I was just like I was trying to piece it because I have no. Reason I started to before when I was going towards you know being a pilot, trying to hear the words, write them down, try to you know. But since what? then, write I down? Just, hmm? yeah, he was going to write down all the words. All well, no, the uniform you. <laughs> no, no, no. I meant when you get it. It's just like you literally have to go. <laughs> yep. Okay. Well, with that, uh, you now, do not get to write down words. You get to write down letters. That's about it. Hey, write down letters. Maybe those letters will spell words, and maybe those words will tell people to leave Billy alone. I see Billy. Leave Billy alone! <laughs> oh, beautiful! Oh, I, you know, you know what I, what I, what he says that I, I have you ever seen uh, that YouTube video? Leave Brandy alone! Leave Brandy alone! <laughs> That's what I imagine right now oh of him saying, "Leave Billy alone." <laughs> uh, we just need him uh, in some crying and in some mascara. Oh my gosh! <laughs> that the mascara part won't happen again. Again, <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a few times you've used it, isn't there? Okay, yes. 
Hey, your mascara theme came back up to Mr. Johnson. Came up in the rotation from random number generation. Look at that. <laughs> Congratulations. Are you going to use your Hershey's as your mascara today? Can I do that? Sure. Melt it down and use it. Can I get the heater going? <laughs> <laughs> Between this episode and the next one. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll post. That'll be uh, your Christmas gift to everyone. <laughs> is you in um, Hershey's. Hershey's mascara. Oh. <laughs> Drink your kombucha made with love. The ingredient is love. 100%. 100% love. All you need is love. And there's our copyright strike. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and starting out right with that, that's great. But yeah, so there we go. Johnson is drinking his drink of pure love. Uh, we have, why is this not? There we go. We, we have with us again the lieutenant, Mr. Brock Boldus. Again, we have Aaron, of course. I already talked about him and his pure love drink. Yes. He's drinking his love potion and preparing his Hershey's mascara. <laughs> That's nasty. Get up. And Hershey's. well, we had Josh on the show and he's about to die. So <laughs> well, <laughs> I got something you could use to make that happen, too. Oh, do you now? It's really? Funny. Actually, it's, you know, since it's December, you know, it's Christmas time. Yeah. I decided I thought I was getting a gift for Josh. Are you giving him the gift of bullets? I might give it to you, though, now, Paul. But here, Josh, I'll, I'll show you what you were going to get for your Christmas present from me. <laughs> oh, There you go. I mean, it kind of goes along with maybe what we're going to be talking about today. Open it. Don't look at the box. <laughs> oh, you even loaded the magazine. Of course. It's got to be ready for you right away. Oh, look at that. Look at that. And what oh, what, what is this? Oh. A cute little hand. Is it, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Shoot it up <laughs> into the foyer <laughs> when people are upstairs. Bang, bang. Church. You do realize Welcome home. there is a church upstairs. Yeah, there oh, is. yes. And I also did do a, uh, oh, a it check didn't look it. Like, it didn't uh, look actually, like that you. church might be very... They're okay with it. Oh, no. Everyone, no. Every, every church. I don't know about the Hispanic church, but every other church that meets here is very okay with that. <laughs> True. So yeah, they're, they're called armed and dangerous. Yeah. Are they dangerous? I'm kidding. Yes, they're very dangerous. <laughs> so is that really Josh's gun now? Or no, he bought himself. He yeah, just wanted me myself. to give it to him as a gift. For what I can't remember, we were talking about a we, podcast we, earlier. A few weeks ago, we were talking about it on the podcast, and I was like, Oh, you should give me a gun. And you're like, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you like rolled your eyes or something. Well, the reason I asked it, I was like, wait a minute. I'm not going to facilitate a legal transfer. There has to go through the proper <laughs> legal channels. Um, I'm all for guns, but oh, let's do it legally. <laughs> okay. Ah, Th that, that's why I asked. Because I'm just like, hold on a second. Woo! <laughs> they will use this as your day in court evidence. <laughs> uh, so you just gave it to them? <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're like, uh, so mm. I got cleared on my background check. <laughs> <laughs> you did. Josh failed, but... Don't need to talk about I had part. a tab up. I did have a tab up. He just lost I... all of his notes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, shoot. <laughs> the one tab I had. Gee. What, 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 what was this tab? So, anyways, while Josh is trying to see if he has a browser on his computer. Yes. Uh, today is the Josh show. So, we're just going we're, we're gonna to be here to support Josh or, um, in my case, maybe try to push on Josh a little bit and uh, make him actually always. think clearly because the one thing i don't like is people just going da 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 without any pushback uh that's just you know even if i okay i'm going to say this this way 
I don't agree with some of the stuff I'm going to be saying today, but I'm going to say just for a fact of pushing back on Josh some to make him. So you're you're doing what's that called? Um, the devil's advocate. Yes. Yep. Okay. Just because I don't believe in letting you just get away with being able to blah blah blah, blah as you will. Uh, and like I, I said, it'll, and be, I think, it'll and I, be interesting to see and what. I think, uh, and I think that's fair for anyone because you don't want someone to just come up and say. Da, 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 da. There always needs to be. Every argument is going to have multiple sides. And if you're only listening to one side in an echo chamber, that can get very dangerous very fast. Mm -hmm. So what we're going to talk about, or what Josh is going to start us off about, and we'll see what tangents we get lost in along the way, is we're going to talk about Second Amendment, guns, and wherever else John, or John, Josh, ends up taking us. I can't believe I called you John just now. I don't know how or why, but I did. So uh, unless there's something. Oh, yes. We're going to start with something else. Uh, duh, I forgot already. So, Josh, before we get to you, today is, well, it's December 7th. Mm -hmm. So what happened on December 7th? Many years ago. That would but... be the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor. Yep. Um, also followed over the next several days with attacks on Malaya, Singapore, the Philippines, Midway, Guam. Shall I keep going? Oh, uh, we, we, yeah, all that area. When, the, what year was that? Uh, that was all 41. 41. Okay. I was like, it's like, what year was that? I should know this. I should know things. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bad with history. But yeah, so yeah, December 7th, 1941, then Pearl Harbor, which, well, there's a there's a lot to talk about about Pearl Harbor if we wanted to, but uh, once again, you did say this was supposed to be about the Second Amendment. Yeah. Uh, but so, should we have like a couple moments silence here in memory? Yes. No. Uh, yes, we can do that. All right. Enough of that. <laughs> oh wow! I was quick. I wasn't sure how long we were gonna go for. I was like, all right. I, I was like, and both of you were like, like, what is he doing when he's <laughs> counting down on his fingers? That was the that was supposed to be the moment itself, but apparently you uh, guys were completely lost on it. Uh, yeah. I thought you were counting down. I so thought you were going to count down. I was just like, okay. you just got quiet as soon as you noticed I did it. So anyway, uh, anyway, yeah. So hopefully editing will get rid of some of that. Yeah, it will. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, that happened. I, I can't even do math right now. You know, back in forty one. Uh, so yeah, that's been a while there. Yes. And so Johnson. Sip on your potion of love now. Kombucha. Uh, while Josh now takes us into the world of his head talking about guns. Josh, it's the Josh show now. Start. Oh, why did you do that to me? I guess where, where do we start? Where do you want to start, Josh? Um, well, this was your idea for a topic, so you I know, kick us but off. I didn't realize that it was agreed upon, and therefore I've been trying to pull up stuff to, to use. Um, Come on, buddy. You got it. Otherwise, I'm going to start and you're not going to like it. <laughs> oh, I like true. it. It'll be interesting to see how Johnson responds. Oh, and by the way, Johnson, you can totally just sell me the gun and it's totally legal in the state of Wisconsin without performing a background check. What? Mm -hmm. It's one of the... About to find out. Yep. Mm -hmm. There are right. many states that do require a background check. So you would have to... What is it called? The uh, NC... Where is it here? <sighs> National Institute Criminal Background Check System. There are several places where the seller is required to arrange for a licensed gun dealer to obtain a background check on the prospective buyer through the DNICS. Okay, yeah. So there are some states that have that, some states that don't. Um, 
Uh, but generally speaking, all across the board, you may not knowingly transfer a firearm to anyone who is prohibited by federal law. And really, that's anybody who is considered a felon, which is any crime committed that could be put them in jail for over one year. Do you know what I just thought about? What did you just think about? You sold the guy was, to a felon? No, yeah, you no. sold to Josh, a felon. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't sell it, I gifted it. Um, no. That's transfer. Yeah, I got, I was gifted my 1911. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never went through a background check for that. So as of right now, I don't even know if there is a gun serial number registered to your social security number. Very true. To me, there it is. Congratulations. Yes, but I can easily say, yes, here's the paperwork that I forged and I sold it to Johnson, Aaron Johnson. Whatever information did you obtain of this person? I I don't know. He just signed it. He he took it. And boom, there you go. Okay. Mm -hmm. So go on. Continue with your stuff. Yes. Do you guys think... That currently in the United States, obtaining a gun is too easy. Um, oddly enough, I've never actually tried, so I couldn't answer that question. Um, do I believe that some investigation into the relative mental stability of an individual before buying such a weapon is a good idea? Sure, I'll, I'll say that, but there's a lot of other things going on there that I don't necessarily inherently agree with. I, is it too easy? And you still have to get your background check. If you're buying it, I'm, okay, excluding the private seller in some states, okay? We're, we're, ta- we're let's assume going in to buy from a store, okay? Brand new gun. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know personally, if I went into a store to buy a gun, I don't think I would, and it's not because of anything I've done, it's just because my name, my dad's name, and my brother's name were all Paul E. DeArmond. And I've had this issue with the government before. I would not be able to go in and get a gun because they would not be able to determine which Paul E.D. armament they were necessarily talking to sometimes, mm. you know, um, and then that will require, you know, the longer background check of what they have to. The law says they have to do it within three days, get back on approved or not. It's not the short, quick call one. And if they don't get back within three days, in most places, you can go back in the store and pick up your gun. And right. At that point, you are no longer. The, the, the seller is no longer responsible. The FBI is now in charge of getting a hold of you in case something popped up. Right. Um, Johnson? What? I think it's too easy. Yeah. Oh, geez. I don't know. I guess think about... Uh, shoot. What's... The whole gifting stuff is interesting. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that, per se. I and mean, that's not all, but... all states. I mean... Well, no, yeah, that's which is good. But, I mean, I mean, Wisconsin seems to be the state of crazy, so... Are you sure? Because we're definitely not uh, ranked as the worst for gun violence and oh, shit. Oh, well, gun violence, no. no. I'm just thinking about, I don't know, now I'm just thinking about, like, Jeffrey Dahmer. And oh. I feel like whenever we have, like, <laughs> like, like when, I feel like what it was, like, a running joke for a while. It's like, if there was, like, some, like, nut job out there that was committing, like, these crazy crimes, the person was from Wisconsin. So it's just like, oh, cool. You know, people Great. say that about every state. So. Oh, I haven't heard that yet. I'm only from Wisconsin, so I only hear from okay. Wisconsin. Anyways, go on. Um, <clears throat> as far as like, if I were to go in and get a gun on my own, I mean, I'd, uh, I don't, I don't really know to what detail they do a background check on for Wisconsin, at least. Well, it's a federal. Or a fe- oh, it's a federal yeah. background check. It's not just so. And what they're looking for essentially is: Have you done any felonies? Do you have any crimes out there that you have been in for? You know, um, yeah. you know, and, and then. Now that they want to do red flag laws and all that, that's a whole opens up a whole other thing. You have stuff like was it um, 
DC versus Heller, I think it was, where the Supreme Court said, yeah, you could be uh, denied uh, due to mental illness. Mm, which, you know, um, and I, I don't know for certain, but there's probably a uh, uh, the the U.S. government does have a list of known and expected terrorists. Um, they probably yep. cross check to see if your name's on there. Oh, of course. Right. With a white name like that, he's fine. Aaron Johnson. Yeah. Guy ain't no well, guy. no, Johnson. Or, That's the white mostly name. I wonder how many Johnsons there are in this country. A lot. It's a like, common last name. Probably a ton. Yeah. You you probably have a lot about you have probably have a lot of Johnsons out there. Mm-hmm. I have like a couple as neighbors. <laughs> but anyways, go on, but, Mr. Brewer. Yeah. Unless you got something else. I would say I agree. I think it is too easy for somebody to get a firearm. But then again, I don't have anything that would hold me from getting a firearm or make me feel that I need to have. I don't have any special scenarios. I don't feel like my neighborhood is constantly under well, you're, violence. I don't. You're a privileged white boy. Okay, yeah, living at home. Okay. Um, well, I mean, <laughs> but to give you for those of you who may or may not have bought a gun recently. Yeah. Um, this is how easy it is. You walk into the store, okay? For me, I bought my gun at Gander Mountain. Now, all places have to perform um, mandatory steps uh, and have you fill out certain paperwork, and the, yep. the people have to fill out. So it's not Gander Mountain did everything that they should have, according to my knowledge of what I could see them do. Um, they approached me. You could tell that they were using scripted things that they were saying to hint at possible different things. Um, I walked in. I pointed out the gun I wanted. Right. I, I pointed at that it was cheaper online. So besides doing the whole price matching and stuff like that, and uh, him getting me uh, set up with ammo and getting me set up with a, a snake to clean it, it's uh, something you run through the barrel. Right. Um, besides him getting me set up with stuff like that, trying to ask, and I proceeded to fill out a electronic form on an iPad. But okay. before that, I had to watch a video saying uh, it was talking about guns and children at home. Um. After I read it, I started filling out the information. You put in your information like your um, your citizen's ID, which I'm not familiar with. I didn't enter it because I didn't know it. Uh, you could put in your social security number. Um, at the time, I thought I was just filling something out for Gander Mountain, so I didn't think it was necessary to put in my social security number, which probably caused my background check to take one day. Um, so from there, I then write my information on a piece of paper. They combine that information on the piece of paper with the information that I put in on the electronic device. Um, and then once everything's in place and the uh, firearms seller has processed the paperwork, he submits it. And whether or not it got submitted through the NCIS or if it got submitted straight to the FBI or whatever way that they were using it, um, he said, go ahead, walk around for 15 minutes, come back. Usually most of them come back within 15 minutes. So I did that and I came back and nothing came back. He said, do the time of day. You're probably not going to get a response tonight. Give us a call tomorrow morning. I go to church the next morning and uh, I call him after service and they're like, yep, you have been approved. You can come in, pick it up. I walk right in. They give me my gun, shake their hand. They give me the paperwork and I walk out. Okay. So some of the questions that they would ask you would be the kind of questions to where, um, if you lied, you'd be in a whole heap of trouble. Okay. Um, and some of the questions they asked were regarding uh, mental health. And the big question he asked me was, in the course of a night, sir, did you commit any felonies? Of course, I said no, because I didn't. Um, so do I think it's a little too easy? Yes, I do. Um, and considering that states are allowing it to where you can pass guns off to people 
uh, without doing a, a background check because Aaron very well could be planning or have done a felony and I might not know it, but I could sell it to him and intentionally selling a firearm or transferring it to somebody in some states, most states, I should say not some states, most states, um, it's illegal. But if I'm unintentionally doing it, it's just a normal, like buying something off Craigslist kind of deal. Do I think we should have stricter gun laws? Question is, are they, is it the possession of the firearm stricter laws or is it the obtaining of firearm stricter laws? I don't see putting stricter gun laws and in, in some places it'll do some good, but let's take a recent look at the recent California shooting. The kid was under 18. Yeah. He wasn't allowed to have a handgun. He had a handgun. Yeah. He wasn't allowed to obtain a handgun, but he still had a handgun. Out of all the laws that went against this kid obtaining, having, and using a handgun on school premises, he still did it. So the law is there just to prevent those who don't want to get in trouble from doing something. But if somebody's intentionally planning on doing something, they're going to do it. Yeah, and uh, and that's true of any law out there. You know, that's not going to stop anyone from, you know... <clears throat> You want to murder, you're going to murder. You're going to find a way to do it. Either be an icicle, a narwhal tusk, a kitchen knife, a spoon. You're going to find a way to do it. That That's not a guarantee. You know, that's not a stopper. So if someone's going to want to shoot up a school, unfortunately, they're going to find a way to get the gun. Uh, either from their parents, from a uh, black market, from, you know, maybe they get from the same seller that sells me my straws. Don't know. <laughs> going off of that, one of the other things is, uh, the big argument is, in the Constitution, it states militia. Uh, we don't have militias. No, we, we do we, not. We have unorganized militias. You know, people saying that they are an armed group. Um, there are no organized militias in the United States anymore. That is held and um, taken care of by the reserves uh, and the guards. They are acting as a militia back when, in a sense, for those you don't know, a militia is pretty much Aaron and I with a gun, and the state says, hey, we need you to to defend these invaders, we go, okay, we step up and we go in. An organized militia, but there's some training involved, there's some discipline, there's some some stuff like that, nothing major, but same thing. We go in, we fight. Um, but back then, when they had militias, they didn't have reserves. They didn't have, it, that wasn't in, put in place like it is now. But some people will say, I'm going to pull it up here and I'm going to read it. Uh, let's see. I'm, I'm just... Wanted to see where you're going with this here. <laughs> a well-regulated militia being necessary to the, sec to the security of the free state. A lot of people I've heard will say that that ends that part. They say the next part is a whole different subject. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Okay. So I hear people who split it up. I hear people who say it's all one. You have people who nitpick it. How I see it is it's three parts. A well-regulated well militia being necessary to the security of the free state. Okay, That is referring to the state. That is referring to the larger picture. But in order for that to happen, in order for you know the state to be defended, you need to have the people with weapons. And that's where the right of the people to keep and bear arms, meaning that they have a constitutional American right to keep a weapon to use for the security of their state. Okay. Whether that is external or internal violence. Okay. And then the last part is shall not be infringed, which is always the hardest thing because then you draw the line of, well, what is considered a constitutional right? Should Americans be able to have shot off, sawed off shotguns? 
Should that be is or should that not even be a part? So you have all these different arguments. I'm just I'm just kind of curious when you're going to butt in. <laughs> oh, no, I'm just letting you build your case. Um, just letting you build your case first. Okay. Paul's making me nervous here. <laughs> and I unleash a tidal wave and I'm just going to like, ah! Um, while, you, while you're looking up that, you know, to kind of go back, you know, you were asking about is it too easy to buy a gun, right? Um, I, yes, you're filling out a paperwork, but it's also being hit against databases, you know, which the FBI controls, you know, yeah. has. Uh, so, uh, uh so according to, this was January of this year, mm -hmm. a special report from the U.S. Department of Justice's Bureau of Justice Statistics, okay? You know, say that five times fast, right? Mm -hmm. About one in 10 state and federal prisons convicted of crimes involving a firearm said they got through a retail, a retail source. Nine out of 10 got through, like, black market. So, so then that also begs a whole other thing. I'm trying to see how I should... Lean into this because you I have lean a bunch into of, it how you want. Well, no, because I got a bunch of different areas I'd like to hit, but I don't know hit, how long we're going to talk about certain hit, things. Hit, hit, hit them how you want. But, but what I find interesting that that it was a report from the U.S. Department of Justice, this bureau, right? And they're saying basically, uh, people are getting them through the black market. Yeah, they they're are. they're not getting them the legal routes, and the legal routes are probably the law-abiding citizens because a lot of people get thrown yep. in jail with concealed carriers and they don't know everything that revolves around the concealed carry. Yep, and this is from uh, MercuryNews.com, just as a FYI. Hmm. So, go on. Um, I guess we just cut to the chase on this part here. Go for it. The stripping of Americans of their Second Amendment right. Okay, how are they stripping? By Americans who don't know anything at all about guns. Okay, so how are they stripping them? Expound upon that. Okay. Let they me... want to ban weapons. And this is where the whole thing in the media and politicians just becomes a big confusing flop. So for those of you who know, the media likes to uh, publicize anything with an AR-15, okay? Okay. Which is an Armalite rifle. It's not an assault weapon. There's no such thing as an assault weapon. An assault weapon is used to uh, define anything that looks militaristic. Uh, and something that looks militaristic is technically considered something with a long magazine, black, looks scary. Okay. Which is a lot of guns. And when you look at the broad spectrum, guns were invented to kill people. They yeah, were. Gunpowder was created by the Chinese. Um, and there it was, you know, cannons, and then it's, it's muskets, and now it's rifles, and who knows what the new guns are going to be. We got rail guns now, using electricity to fire a solid metal piece of object. So the big thing I've noticed okay. is what have you noticed? The media says that ARs are devastating, devastating rifles. Um, they only contribute to about four percent of homicides in the United States. Okay, about depending on what year. I um, say yeah, it probably depends on your year on that one. But more than anything, handguns contribute to most of the homicides, and most gun deaths in the United States are suicides. Uh huh. Um, so for the media to try to say that we need to get rid of military grade weapons, all guns are technically military grade, even, I, I, well, I'm seeing the Lieutenant over there kind of like mulling his head about feel free to interject whenever you feel yes, like it. Seriously. Uh, well, let's just go ahead and get started with this. Uh, <laughs> Yep. My views and opinions do not represent the views and opinions of either the Department of Defense, Department of the Navy, Department of Homeland Security. Um, yeah, you got to do all that fun stuff. So, I understand. Yeah, no, <laughs> they are purely my own. Uh, 
and hopefully I don't don't run into any sort of legal trouble for being on this panel now. But uh, if you want, let's to, just get that out of the way so I can just open fire whenever I feel ready. Okay, how about we do that then? Okay. Pot intended, literally. Mm-hmm. Okay, so handguns contribute about sixty four percent. Shotguns too, others too, and then unknown uh, is about twenty eight. So now, if we were to look at it. We're getting a broad stream. And 2017 um, was the Las Vegas mass shootings. Right. Which was 58 victims killed. Then in 2016, there was 49 in Orlando, Florida. And in 07, it was Virginia Tech with 32. Sandy Hook in 2012, 27. Anyway, I'm just kind of going down a list of okay. you know, overall deaths. Um, uh, what was it? Where was I? 17 okay. is Sutherland Springs, Texas, 26. Keelan, Texas in 91 was 23. El Paso was... Okay, but what, 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 what are you getting at? What's the point here? Um, that the media... Okay, I just totally lost my train of thought right there. Mm-hmm. Hang on. I know what I'll be editing out. Huh? I know what I'll be <laughs> editing out. In 2016, there were only 71 people who died from mass shootings. Um, yet mass shootings will get the most coverage than anything else. I rarely see now the Chicago shootings, people dying every weekend down in Chicago, people dying every weekend in Milwaukee. I rarely hear about those in the news. Now it's all about schools. Now it's about mass shootings. Now it's about how we have to get guns out of Americans' hands. Now, to be fair, and this comes back to a bunch of other fields in that, uh, uh, a lot of things with mass shootings and that, you know, like the schools, is it's sad to say. People see this almost like, oh, I'm going to get famous because I shot up people. And they're going to have my name and my picture everywhere. And there are some people who just don't care about anything except how can they get famous at fast? And ah. That might be some of them. Okay, I'm not saying that's all of them. Okay, I'm saying that's, uh, that's definitely some of them. And that is a problem with the news as well. Because the news run will run 24-7 coverage of them after someone shoots. That person's face is going to be plastered everywhere. Oh, yeah. Um, and if, if, if their face doesn't get plastered, the message that they gave out gets plastered. Right. Um, the, I'm curious as to what the lieutenant's about to say with this. Even Uh-oh. though ARs tend to have this trend in mass shootings, or they have a trend in mass shootings in which the media chooses to publicize... Because believe it or not, with my pistol, I can buy a 32-round clip for it. Okay. So does the media talk about handguns used in mass shootings? Probably not as much because the media is everywhere. What I could be hearing here is what somebody else could be hearing over in uh, Utah. Yeah, something else could have happened over there in Utah. I could choose to publicize that instead of something that I that I ended up hearing. But the 5.56 NATO, which is very little differences between that and a 223 Remington is not the most effective killing caliper. It is a high velocity round, but it is very small and it doesn't pack as much of a hit. <laughs> There's a difference between punching power and killing power. Uh, not a debate I want to have here because I have not read up on it personally. Um, once again, and it's just like we start talking about things about the mass of the bullet. We talk about what it does once it's entered a target. Um, the big thing with a two-two-three round is that 
once it enters a bu- or a solid object, it starts to tumble. And when it tumbles, it causes significant internal damage to whatever it hits. That's where its stopping power comes from. Um, that on the opposite end of the spectrum, you've got the quote unquote God round, the 45, um, which is a pistol caliber round. Um, where's that thing's stopping power come from? Well, it's a relatively slow round in comparison, but its stopping power is the fact that it is a comparatively huge bullet. So it just leaves a big hole. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the original question? <laughs> um, it was more, it was kind of, I guess you, you, you shot a, that to me and I'm like, where's the question? Where's, a, the, question? where's the question? <laughs> but what I'm going after now is if you guys have a chance, I, I check them out. It's louder with Crowder. He's done two things. One thing he sat and he said, change my mind on gun control. Right. And another one he did is he went out there and he portrayed himself as a um, uh, left wing uh, pro gun control person. And when, Whenever he had somebody who came up to the table know a thing or two about guns, he always shoot them away because he wanted to get the mind of somebody who didn't know. And it was surprising because he had a bunch of different mix and matches and he wasn't intentionally confusing them, but he was intentionally seeing where their logic lied. So, for example, one of the things he had on the table was a 22 with a long magazine blacked out, much like farther down on the table, an actual AR-15 and an AK-47. One of the things he also did is he also had um, metal wood guns on there, uh, or at least plastic that looked like wood. Um, so hunting rifles. Okay. Ten-round hunting rifles. He also had um, uh, the calipers, the actual cartridges, sitting there on the table too. And it was interesting because when people saw a two two three or five five uh, five five six NATO round, they thought, oh, yeah, that's, that's not dangerous. You could use that for hunting. That'd be fine for hunting. But when they thought saw a thirty out six or anything around that size, they'd go, "Oh, that's too big. You don't need something that big to bring down anything." Tell that Little, to the bear, huh? Tell that to the bear, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. But what was what was interesting is seeing how these people would just based on common knowledge of bigger round must mean more dangerous, which it is. But that they were they took the the, the twenty two with a long magazine, and said that that shouldn't be allowed because it looked like the AR-15. Yet the AR-15 and the 22 fired a similar size, similar size, not exact size, but the AR-15 has a whole lot more velocity because of the amount of powder that's behind it. So these people were just looking at it and not actually diving into it and understanding it. And it was interesting, most of the people that he was showing were saying that they were uh, okay with the metal wood guns being allowed and in human hands when these guns were had more lethality, um, lethality than what is used in mass shootings. Okay. Once again, uh, for those who don't know, I have a degree in mechanical engineering. Um, but like I said before, there is a lot more that goes into lethality than just you know velocity or mass um like i said the the 223's uh kill power comes from what happens after it enters the uh enter enters the ai a body um and but if you if you want to turn things around for or a lot more to the extreme side a uh the modus the m2 browning heavy machine gun which has been in use since world war one fires a 50 caliber projectile that 
pretty much if it hits a human body, it goes through and it does not stop. And it takes a lot with it. And like I said, it's just like either way, you're you're hurting a lot from taking either round. Um, so it's it, once again, it's just like there's a there's a definitely got to be a misconception about size. And it's just like size or size of the bullet, velocity of the bullet doesn't isn't always important. It's just true. I'll agree with that. Um, oh, and by the way, one's uh, by the Geneva Conventions illegal to use on a human target. Uh, but the bad guy don't care at that point. That's the no, it is, it is against the Geneva Conventions to use a fifty caliber round against a human being. Do you want to talk again into the microphone, Mr. Johnson, so people can hear you? <laughs> no, that's okay. Mm-hmm. What are you going to say? Well, well, oh. well the, the, Geneva. The, the Geneva, Geneva Convention is... The Geneva Conventions were started after World War One, and it was... Pretty much they sat down and they made rules about futures of, uh, or the future of warfare. Uh, things that got banned would be things like chemical weapons, biological weapons. Um, and, you know, for certain examples, like I said, uh, they did rule that it is unethical and therefore should be illegal and is technically a war crime to use something the size of a 50 cal bullet against a human target. Yeah. Have we found ways around that? Yes, we have. Um, Just drop a a round out of a 105 howitzer on a a, a house. I mean... (laughs) I mean, now we're talking artillery, so you you completely changed the name of the game. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's just interesting how war even has its rules when War is all about winning. Yes. Yeah. And doing what you need to to win and to put limitations on it's just interesting. Um, but no, so the thing that I come to when it comes to AR fifteens and the public saying we gotta get rid of these things, it's well, why don't we just do ten round mags? Oh no, ten round mags, that's too much. You got bump stocks, I understand that. In all honesty, as much as people are like, oh, we got to have fully automatic weapons, and people have modified their AR-15s and their AK-47s to do fully automatic, or I should say not fully, rapid fire. I would say there is and, a difference. Yes. It's still, even in a war scenario, is not as accurate as a burst fire or semi-automatic. Um, so you can do all these things to hamper down, but at the end of the day, it's a rifle. But why does the media choose to publicize on the AR-15, and why do politicians want to take it from us? They need a mascot or something. It's a mascot. It, yeah, it's all pushing the agenda that they want to sell, and unfortunately, the result of the agenda that they're selling is not a place I personally want to see this country go to. If we get back around to that, I'll explain more, but uh, let's keep the conversation yeah. going. So, Aaron? He, he doesn't have anything. Do you have any more points, Josh? That you're, um, Paul has now been waiting and he's ready to fire. No, no, no. I'm just waiting. I was, I was just going to say the only to me when it comes to the fact that the stats show that rifles are the least used weapon, and yet that they are using it to push their agenda to strip Americans. To me, it becomes a thing of they want to pull our rights away from us so that we can't do anything to speak back to them. Okay. Hong Kong's a perfect example. Oh, Hong Kong is an example of many things right yes. now. Um, okay. So, let's see. Where should I start with this? 
<laughs> yeah, well, let me rephrase, rephrase that before I start. Do you have more or are you kind of done for right now? I'm done for right now. Okay. All right. Let's get started on. I have some questions for you, Mr. Brewer. And uh-huh. obviously, feel free to jump in the others as as need be. Will do. Um, okay. So in light of this all, keeping the Second Amendment in mind of uh, right to bear arms, uh, we're not, I, I'm not, I'm going to phrase things like this with this in mind. I'm going to, with the with the mindset that the Supreme Court has ruled that the Second Amendment is there, it's valid, and it's been, you know, every time it's been challenged up to the Supreme Court level, it has been upheld. Okay? So we're going to start there because that is the case. You know, every time that's happened, uh, what was it? When um, D.C. tried to ban handguns in the home, that was D.C. versus Heller, and they fought that up there, and then all of a sudden they're like, mm, Supreme Court goes, no. This person, they can have handguns in their home, you know, effectively reversing that law. Uh, But there are some states where I'm seeing this now where it's happening where before you can get a gun. So when you went and you and you and you went to was it Cabela's or whatever. Gander. Gander. Cabela's. Gander. Same thing. Uh, Actually, not true. (laughs) Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's is the same thing. Okay, fine. <laughs> Bass Pro Shop, Gander, Cabela's, same thing. Uh, <laughs> when, I, when I say same thing, I don't mean like same company. I mean it's a sporting uh, sporting goods store that you can go to. You know, like Dick's used to be, but Dick's is now in the clothing, clothing store. <laughs> They're now JCPenney with sports gear. Um, but anyways, so when you went there, you, you just filled out you know your normal form, which for the background check. Good in them. That's that's what they are legally required to do. Mm-hmm. There are some states where I'm seeing where they, besides the legally required federal background check, because also here's a here's a little thing. I don't know if you're aware of this. That federal background check isn't done to all the states. Some states run their own. Were you aware of that? First off, I didn't know. If, I, that's just a. Curious, I think I remember hearing I think, something about and that. Th- that's not a like a big thing. A, that's not like a gotcha thing or anything. I'm just. That's a they, they run you through, for example, if Wisconsin chose to do it, they would run you through the, the databases and the courts and stuff of Wisconsin yeah. to see if you've done anything that maybe has not made it to the federal documentation. Right. But there's some states that don't even run it through the federal. They just run it solely independent. Just I, that's not a. Pure, yeah, I always thought they all had to run it through the federal. No, no they don't. No. Yeah. I, once again, there I mean, that could go multiple ways. Uh, yeah. For example, they could be way more strict than the. Uh, than the federal level, which in or you know, depending upon what side of the argument you're on, that could be a good thing or a bad thing, um, or they could be you know significantly uh, less strict. Um, so once uh, again, that's that's a two way street, and it's really kind of an, a null point. Yeah, that's that, that's why I said it. It's not a like a gotcha thing. It's just a is. I found it interesting that yeah, food for thought that that they allow certain states now. In some states, they do a hybrid where they do their own plus the federal. So it's honestly, that's actually the best choice. That probably is. Consider, but um, it, it, like I said, nothing crazy. I just found it interesting. So that that w- that wasn't a hey, look at this. This is a problem. That, that was a just FYI, interesting thing. But anyways, so in certain states, uh, state that I think, uh, for example, is and I can never say this name. So prepare for word stumble galore here. Uh, Massachusetts. I, yeah, Massachusetts. That, yeah, that, Massachusetts. That state. Mass. I'm going to call mass. That's what it's short for. <laughs> um, so first off, there they actually have a list of approved guns that you can buy and can't buy. Uh, so they actually have to meet certain tests. Is any problem with that? Just curiosity with that. 
requests. Any problems with so these, what do you mean by tests? They have to perform. They have to meet certain so, expectations. Yeah. So uh, for example, and some of these honestly are you know not that bad. I, I think they're they're actually pretty decent. So for example, they have to have a ten pound pull on the trigger. So the reason for that is they said wow. this this prevents uh, kids from being able to accidentally shoot themselves. That's why they say that. That is a heavy trigger. Yeah. Um, uh, other ones, uh, drop tests. They have to do a drop test where they get dropped from certain heights and it can't do an accidental fire. I, I agree with that one. Uh, how about um, the melt? This one's a little weird. Uh, melting point. <clears throat> Excuse me. Melting point. Where there's some guns, apparently the cheaper ones, not the like the good brand ones where apparently the metal they're made out of isn't exactly the best. And sometimes after fire, they might disform a little. I can see out of all of your, uh, all the requirements that you've said there, that's actually the one that I agree with the most simply because that at that point, if you, you know, if you get a significant warp or even significant damage to, you know, specific internal components, uh, you don't have a gun anymore. You have a ticking time bomb. Yeah. Yeah, so I, yeah, I completely no. agree with that one. And, and all um, of these sound like they're quality control. Yeah, it definitely seems like the quality control. I can see the ten pound trigger um, once again because that one's clearly aimed at kids. Yeah. Uh, what was the second one? Uh, so we had the drop test. oh the, the drop, drop test. test. Uh, Which I I can understand that. Like I see where you're coming from. I don't agree with it on the principle that I am or I when I read the Second Amendment. I see shall not be infringed, and that means it could be a bad design. But if yours, if it's of your opinion that you want that gun, yeah, you should be able to own that gun. So I don't agree with it simply on the premise of some of the older guns had that issue. Um, it's been popularized in movies, uh, for example, well, Indiana Jones and like, the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Indiana Jones gets out of a standup by dropping an M1 Thompson on the ground and causing it to uh to to fire a shot off yeah so like older guns at, uh before a certain date are exempt from these things you know okay well, 60s? Or, these these are like if you're buying it new from the store type deal in which case oh. yeah i mean most guns today shouldn't have that issue most guns um, shouldn't <laughs> i but okay so you didn't I, you didn't mention the exemptions before so, so sorry I'm now yeah. a little bit so let me, depending let upon me what those in. exemptions are it's and based just you know I'd have to look up and I'd have to do a lot more research than I'm willing to do during the time. Yo, no, here. no, that's fine. And and obviously there's more to everything. These are not, I'm not giving you the full comprehensive because to go over the full comprehensive stuff would just be ridiculous. Um, I'll, I'll bet. Bureaucracy is an amazing thing. Yes, yes. So right now there are actually four states um, that the handgun has to be on an approved list in order for you to buy it from a store new. And they want to expand this further. And depending on the state, it has to pass some of these tests. So either and, and like like I said, I I I don't see an issue with that. Okay, but I also kind of go with him if it's something that you want to buy, but it's not on their list. Now here's now here's now here's where it's drop height. Basic drop height should be your hip or your aiming stance, wherever your hands come up, whatever that height is down. It sh I think a gun in a sense should be able to stand a, a drop. Drop okay, case. but now if you're choosing it to drop from the the height of a roof, and yep. you say, "Oh, this gun goes off from the height of a roof," that to me is a little excessive because realistically, who's gonna sit there on a roof well, doing a shootout depends. and then decide to drop their gun? 
Depends on the weapon system in question. For example, something that's closer to a military-grade sniper rifle, I can see having the higher drop type because if you are going to, you know, use it aggressively or, you know, even defensively, you you might want to be, like, on top of a building and, you know, some, you know, more than one enemy or more than one target, you know, that's armed, you know, maybe sees the muscle flash, you drop one, but the other one, you know, uh, sees you, tags you in the shoulder, uh, your firing shoulder, for example, and, uh, you know, just instant shock in, or of uh, getting hit, you lose control of the weapon and because you're standing. So I can kind of see that, you know, being different. Like, like I said, it would be more of a military grade, uh, sniping type precision rifle that you test from further up. But once again, that's, yeah, uh, that's way too nitpicky for this conversation. Yeah. So now, so let me ask this. So if it was on a, uh, if you were in a state, uh, so California, uh, D.C. Well, that's not a state; that's a district. But whatever, D.C., Maryland, or Mass, where you can only buy approved handguns, would you be upset about that? Would you think that's violating your Second Amendment? Um, to ensure the quality of a um, firearm in civility in civilian hands meets quality yeah. control, because. They're cheap guns. They really are. Yeah. And there have been some Tauruses that you can sit there and you can take and you can shake and they'll fire and recycle themselves without even pulling the trigger. Okay. Um, and there's this one that actually has very high reviews on it. So I definitely agree there is a quality control issue uh, to help ensure the safety of the firearm, the safety of the user, as well as the the uh, that would also probably lower unintentional shootings. Like if a kid gets to it and I... 10-pound trigger, that's that's a decent amount of pull right there. Yeah. But that can keep a small kid from using it. And now, in my opinion, if the kid is able to get to your firearm, you are not... Sm- it's, a, it's a parental thing I think needs to be addressed with more is if I have a firearm in the home, it's either going to be locked okay, or it's going to be on my person's. It doesn't make sense to have the firearm in a different room to where... My young kid could get to it and accidentally shoot it off. Um, so I definitely agree with the laws that are put in place to help um, try to scare people from leaving their firearms unloaded in the home. Uh, but then you have some people who would say a 10-pound trigger is not a defensive gun. Because this gun here is designed for home defense personal. It's not designed for you can take a target shooting. But I'll show you what I mean. So, the first cock happens. It's completely empty. Yep. You guys can see. It's empty. Yep. Okay. So, the first, first trigger pull, as you're aiming, it's designed to allow you to get all the way up into the point. So, you pretty much go all the way to the wall on this firearm to pull the trigger. Right. Following it, it has an immediate recycle with it, and it's you barely even go that distance again, but you still have to pull all the way back. So, it allows you to... As the adrenaline's rushing to get all the way there, and then, and then following after that, you're technically already on target, and you can just fire the rest. Um, so if you got a ten pound trigger, that's a lot of pull, and that's a lot of muzzle movement prior to um, shooting. Which I can see people arguing and saying, "Hey, this is not good for home defense because my muzzle's moving everywhere." Because let's be honest, more most Americans don't go to the gun range like they should. No, in my opinion. Um, but if there is a list, depending on what's on the list, 
I agree. Okay. Um. Again, there's always a personal interest and opinion, but well, continue. yeah, there always is. Uh, what about micro stamping? For or against that? Micro stamping. Yeah, that's a new thing that's coming up. I haven't heard uh, about that's, that yet. That's like where they put like a chip or something in the uh, in the gun. Or? No. So what that is is uh, when Joshy Boy uh, buys his gun. It is registered in the database, obviously, because they have to do this. Mm-hmm. So that whole brings up a whole gun registry database thing, which some people are very for or neutral. There's some strong opinions on that one. I'm actually okay with the registry simply on the basis of it, you know, you know, so someone decides to go off the deep end and is, you know, now needs to be taken down. I want or as, you know, a law enforcement or any sort of other uh, you know, government official that has to go after this guy. I want to know what he or what I'm likely to expect, um, how much protection I'll need, um, how much protection anybody else I'm working with will need. Um, so I'm actually at okay with that. It's just the same thing as, you know, what vehicles are, are, are licensed to this one person because on, you know, sure, it kind of seems extreme and whatnot, but it's just like if I know what vehicle I'm looking for, if I got a plate number for it, I just made finding that vehicle, in theory, a lot less looking for a needle in a okay. haystack. I would say also I agree with the registry because I honestly— Really? I'm actually surprised by that, but well, go on. Gun regist- I have no intent to use my firearm poorly. I have full intent of making sure that I go to necessary classes, and I train myself, and then I keep my gun. For example, when I got the one- gun, one of the first things I did is I bought a new case, and I bought, bought a trigger lock. Okay. Um— only one person in my household, as of this point, knows where I store my 9mm ammo because that's going to be the most accessible ammo for the most accessible gun in the home to ensure that someone comes in and doesn't misuse it or use it against us. It's The ammo's in a spot, and the gun, if I'm not using it, has a trigger lock on it. Okay, um, yeah, that's fair. And that'll expand once my father starts to learn how to use the gun and f- my mother and my brother. Um, so... Also with that, when it comes to a law enforcement portion of it, I'm not sure what the whole process, I don't know how they look it up, but when they pull you over, they run your plates. You pr- uh, you're you're going to have that more is, information. Yeah, that, that is something that they do that was, you know, standard procedure. Um, they run your, pl- they, they run the vehicle against the plate. Um, and they're also checking to see if your license, which they usually take from you, aligns with documents or, you know, reasonably lines up. Um, right. You know, from that plate or from that license, they should know who your parents are. So if you're in your parents' car or something like that, they don't, you know, freak out. It's just like, why do you have this vehicle? But at the same time, are they able to look up the owner and whether or not the owner may carry or have a firearm registered to him? Being a police officer or never having been a police officer, I couldn't tell you. I wouldn't know. I didn't know um, if you knew that from your father or anything. I have not specifically asked him about it. So fair so enough. I wouldn't be surprised if yeah, you know. I, yeah, no, some some sort of information like that. No, there's probably, you know, link. Once again, it's it's a question of the question here is is what's reasonable or what's reasonable for the officer to be able to pull up and have immediately without having a warrant or anything like that. Um that's also a completely different conversation yeah. than the one we're trying to have. Yep. Okay. So, anyways, so then if you're fine for registry, you'll be fine with the uh, micro stamping then. But so what the micro stamping is is essentially when you when you get your gun. So when you got uh-huh. your gun, they would register in your database, and they would also register uh, some information that would be on the package of the gun. And what happens is every time you fire a shot, it's actually uh, due to the heat and the pressure 
It's actually imprinted on the shell casing. Okay. On, on the, on the uh, actual uh, casing. Yeah. From, from a mechanical engineering style, that's absolutely awesome. Yeah. Um, and as far as like, you know, it, I I actually don't have a problem with that. It's just like, okay. Yeah. If, that, if, I mean, if you're, if you're, especially from the law enforcement side, that is amazing because it's just like, I now know for a fact that this bullet was fired from gun X. Yeah. And because as I say, if you're fine with the registry, there's going to be no problem with the micro stamping then. Like I said, if it, if it turns into a shootout, like a home intruder guy happens yep. to be armed. And now you've got two guns. Oh, hey, they happen to be the same caliber and the same type of bullet. You who now shot know who what? shot, or you now know who shot what. Right. I do. From what I've been told, and I haven't looked this up, but from what I've been told by people who have been, um, who have people who know people, it's kind of like he said and he heard and he repeated um, that the round when it comes out of a pistol, it's technically unique. Unique. So if you were to shoot a the round out of a pistol and it goes into a gel and it and it's intact right. you in a sense can match it up uh with the various imperfections in the barrel kind of like a thumbprint all right but right microchipping would be much easier well it's not a microchip it's a it's, oh, it's micro stamping i'm sorry yeah micro stamping uh but that still wouldn't be able to entirely prove which bullet came out of what shell, but it would help them narrow down the information. I, I don't see there being an issue. Okay. Um, yeah, no, unless you're assigning property damage or something like that, you, who or where the bullet actually goes is not that big of a detail. Now, I do in see, the grand scheme of things, I do see an issue coming with a um, business standpoint because what a lot of ranges will do is if you don't take your shells they will take your shells they will inspect your shells and they will repack and make ammunition turn around and sell them so depending on where the stamp goes and if the stamp is something that is removable it's, it's on the it's on the back end of the case oh, so right where okay right um, yeah right where it's gonna yeah the, the primer the primer to it you're bringing up a good point yeah that would be or that would be an issue that could be a complication where you know you get a repacked a repacked casing and you've got two stamps on it now because it was fired out two guns or even the same gun twice and it just happened to stamp in a different location because of rotation and whatnot but but that being said so long as they're not well obviously if they're like on top of each other then you start starting to have an issue but now i also do see a benefit from that too because a casing can only be fired so many times before the casing gets overstretched and is in not which case, proper. that's not that's you know it'll help with that, but oh yeah. So there's pros and cons to it. I don't see it yep. being a huge issue. Well, here here's kind of one issue uh, with it, and this is actually kind of in its favor that will happen uh, because what's going to do is it's going to force gun manufacturers actually saying, yeah, we're not going to make guns with that. They've actually stopped making guns and stopped introducing new models into California where this is a uh, really is past really yeah. So Smith and Wesson. Uh, Rum, Sturm, Ruger, and company, they've all said, we're, we're not selling anymore in California. They're not going to do this. Wow. Well, it is interesting because just recently, what was it? Um, I'm not sure if it's the, the court of um, the Sandy Hook shooting. Okay. Is it that one? Uh, now my brain's getting all jaggled up. Anyways, there was one mass shooting that happened at a school, and the, the person used an AR-15. The, it was a Bushmaster. And so... The court is allowing the the victims' families to go after Bushmaster for their yep, I remember that publicizing of the AR-15, and I haven't dived back into it to to, to understand all the inputs. And maybe you're going to know some more. But 
did, were they going after them because of their um them the fact that they were trying to sell the gun to young males or something in some media thing down there and they were trying to make them I don't know exactly that one um cuz that one since again it's tied to uh mass shooting there's going to be a lot of emotions in there yes uh so that's not always because I can, I can see it being a, a situation with gun owners. You know, they're, they're suing because they make and promote it, and it was the style of gun used. So it's like that's that silverware company creating a new knife that somebody uses and kills a bunch of people. Yeah. Like, oh well, I, I don't agree with that case just because on the specs of they could sell that gun to anyone, and anyone can choose it to use any way they want. It's akin to Johnson has a heart attack. And his family sues McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that's essentially what it uh, comes up to be. But yeah, so just FYI as well for the micro stamping thing, it is being challenged in court. So I don't like I- the, the California Supreme Court as of 2018 has upheld it. I wouldn't be surprised to see if they try to get this to the Supreme Court. Um, um, now, one of, the re- one of the reasons that the lawsuits come up to stop it is just like I forgot which one of you said it, you know. The, they're suing over the fact that, oh, I don't know, discarded brass casings could be grabbed and then just thrown into crime scene and be like, oh, look, these were fired here, but they weren't really fired here. <laughs> That's one of the things that they're using in, for, in front of this. Uh, the other thing that they're finding is that it will cause the life of the gun to be a lot shorter because they're, what they're finding is that um, they're firing a large number of rounds, that micro stamp in the gun actually wears out. Wears out. Yeah, so from... From the or from the gun builder hmm. standpoint, I can understand why they wouldn't necessarily be a fan of that. Um, my stance is I'm okay with that being a thing. I do not agree with that being you know the presence or lack of a gun stamp or the uh, the micro stamping. Um, that should not be, in my opinion, that should not be a reason why a gun cannot be purchased or owned or operated. Um, once again, that's coming from my. My interpretation right. of this Second Amendment, um, and once again, I you know, like I said, it's really nice for, especially from the law enforcement perception or you know uh, perspective of okay, who actually shot what, how many times, um, you know, so it, it helps them build their their case and their understanding of what actually happened. Um, but once again, I also from the uh, gun or the gun manufacturer standpoint, I can understand then that you know. That yeah, that's going to be an absolute pain. That's an extra part that can break it, break, wear down, you know, whatever. So I can understand why they may not necessarily want to have that as a standard option. Maybe make it like an optional feature that yeah. you can buy as an upgrade to your gun. But California is making it mandatory. And and I disagree with yeah, the fact yeah, that know, it makes it mandatory. I, I got but, that. Yeah, and what um they have the gun manufacturers have to pay licensing fees because there's one company that owns a license for this technology. <laughs> okay, that's a completely different debate. That yeah, I, I know, but I just bring that up. So other safety stuff that uh, California has, besides the yeah, micro stamping. The fingerprinting yet? No. no. Oh, that that honestly is not going to come for a while, honestly. They keep trying it. It's not going to be reliable enough. You want to talk about, you talk about how 10 pounds is not good enough for self-defense. The fingerprinting thing is going to be forever. If you ever have your phone to have a software issue and you're like sitting there trying to unlock it and it's going slow because of a software update, guess what? <laughs> you're dead. Hey, don't get me wrong. I think that's kind of cool. <laughs> I think it's cool to where there are certain guns that can only fire when they're registered with the owner. But yes, there is the... Not for home defense. Yeah. But so other safety features you must have in California. 
This one's not that bad. This one's like, okay, a chamber load indicator indicates uh, cartridges in the chamber. I have that on this gun. Not bad. That's I, fine. I, yeah, there's, once again, that's, so. I mean, once again, so long as that's not a requirement. It's a requirement. Yeah, no, the, the fact that it's a requirement, I have an issue with. Without one, they call it an unsafe gun. Now, I guess, in, okay, that's in quotes. That, yeah, no, the, I saw your quotes and I was going to comment. It's just like, yeah, no, they're the fact that you had to quote that obviously I'm indicates it. Actually, reading, I understand that I I'm am, reading from their law and that's how they have it unsafe guns in quotes. <laughs> now, what do they no, say about there, that? There's, there's, a rant, there's a rant there, <laughs> and I do not feel well, like subjecting you people to that. Th there's another, there's another flip side to that as well. Another thing they must have. They must have a magazine disconnect mechanism. Do either of you know what that is? Because I sure as heck did not know what that is until I read up on it. Yeah, it's called the. Like it's, it's called the. It's it's called your uh, magazine release. Nope. No, really. No, that's what I was going to say. I, I know that's what I thought too, and I was a hundred percent wrong. So it's uh, some sort of component of the gun that keeps the first shell from entering the uh, entering when you put the uh, magazine in, and you're going to have to cycle it or something. Nope. Like that. No, I was say, still I no. So a magazine disconnect mechanism, which I think it was named poorly, okay? And again, it's a requirement in California and other states, um, <laughs> is a mechanism that prevents a semi-automatic pistol that has a detachable magazine from operating to strike the primer of ammunition in the firing chamber when the detachable magazine is not inserted in the pistol. Like, so it's completely it, pointless. Can, well, okay, no, I take that back. It's not completely pointless, but okay, you were only going to get the one shot anyway. Yeah. So if you pretty had, much it would let you or it would prevent you from, you know, OK, so you've got the gun, no magazine in it, but I could still have a round chambered and you can't fire that chambered round without the magazine being in place. Yeah, that's interesting. That is a requirement that they have. I th find that completely stupid. Well, oh, I'm conflicted on that. one. Mass has that. New York has their own safety. Standards. Like I, I can like the only debate I can even possibly see from that being is. Oh, hey, idiot forgot to clear the chamber when he put the gun away and kid found it and, you know, was screwing around with it because it was in the case without the magazine. Kid may not necessarily know better to check the chamber. Right. Like that is the only debate for it. And it's just like, A, definitely should not be mandatory. B, it's just even for, or that's not. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yep. <laughs> I, I am seeing. Uh, what? I'm going to be more okay. I think I'm a little bit more okay with certain uh, quality control uh, restrictions on firearms than Brock, as long as I still have my right to take my weapon places, to carry my weapon places. Oh, you're going to still have the right to carry it and all that, but you're going to have to ask the government for permission to fire a bullet. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's enough. At that, at that point, I, I there's loved, no point in having a gun. How he was just like, what? Um. That's interesting. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Oh, I, I mean, once again, if you want to have that on your weapon, fine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but it's just like to f make that be required for standard. No, that I have an issue with. Because once again, that from my understanding and my reading, my interpretation, which, you know, if you want to fight me on that, go ahead. Um, but no, that should not there. That cannot be a requirement, in my opinion. What's going on here? Why are you two flirting? He, he's quiet. He's trying to call me out when I'm like him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> is, I, 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 I've given you a pass because you were so involved in the other episodes. I, I, I'm, 
I figure this would be one and he'd be jumping in and he's just mm-hmm. kind of. Well, yeah, because Brewer did tell us about uh, the conversation you had with Alex. And you you got very defensive rather oh. quickly. So I was like, oh, we'll, we'll see how to. He was. Re- yeah, he, he was calling you out. Well, no, he was calling me. Well, us. Stupid because we were being careless because we were pointing it down at the floor. He's like, you don't want to be swinging around and aiming at people. I was like, I wasn't doing that, Alex. That was just ridiculous. Hmm. I have a completely side of other issues with this conversation that I will not open up right now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> why not? Um, maybe I don't want to hear it. <laughs> you probably don't. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Anyways, go on. Wait, what? No, uh, what were you? What, oh, okay. Continue. Continue <laughs> with the California laws. I'm interested. Oh, no. Th- those are the ones that they have recently implemented. Uh, they have, they're, you know, California, they're going to probably look at new laws because, well, they're California. But yeah, so the chamber, the, you know, load indicator, the disconnect mechanism, which makes. They need to rename that for yeah, starters, they at need, least. They need to rename that. Uh, and all the other things are just crazy. So, yes, right now, if you didn't have that disconnect, you would not have been able to buy that in California, which is, you know, between that and the micro stamping and all that other thing is why people are, you know, gun manufacturers saying, yeah, we're out. <laughs> you know, that's weird. Mass, they're they're getting there, but they're not as bad. They either require the chamber load indicator or the disconnect thing. It's an or, not a, a both. California requires both. I'm I, to be honest, I don't see there being an issue with guns future guns coming out so let's say uh glock 19 i am not aware of it having a what does your dad have glock 19 uh i don't remember okay um Uh, i know there are some guns right now that don't have that right if they pass that i don't see that being an issue as something that the companies implement in their guns i don't see that being an issue but if that comes out and they say the guns that have been made right now okay okay Back to this point, cannot be sold. That I have an issue. But if it's future designs from this date that the bill yeah. gets passed, I'm okay with that. For, for the most part, most of these bills are future design onward. Okay. Uh, the mass one, and I'm, I'm going to call it mass because I'm not going to try to say that state name because I fail Massachusetts. at Massachusetts. Yeah, I fail at that. Um, <laughs> when, it, when it was originally passed uh, requ- with all the requirements, uh, did not exempt older guns. They actually had a... Good job. You dropped your thing there. Better fingers. Yeah. Uh, they actually had to edit the law because people were so upset about the mass uh, laws that they weren't exempting older guns for like private sales and that. Mm-hmm. So now they, they're exempt. The California ones, do, you know, to their credit, do exempt older guns, you know, that were pre-built previous to that the law enactment date. But nowadays it's like, if you want to buy a new gun in California, ta-da, it has to have all these things. Johnson, why are you putting your hands in your head? Head in your hands. Try, trying to think of the gun brand name. Oh. And I'm blanking out. Yeah, Can you describe the weapon. Well, it's, uh, it's, <laughs> the, it's the handgun that I have. I can't think. Of. And 1911? Springfield oh. 1911? Spring. Are you sure it's Springfield and not Springfield Armory? Well, okay, it's Springfield. Oh, jeez. You're right. You're right. Okay. Springfield Armory. There you go. So Thank you, Brock. <laughs> <laughs> or a Lieutenant Boldus. I'm sorry. There you go. He got it right. So, okay. So you're actually a lot more. I, I was based on previous conversations with you, based on previous conversations. I was expecting you to be a lot more. Hump, hump, second amendment. No. <laughs> <laughs> Here, here's. If, if it's. <laughs> I. Poor Josh. He still can't catch a break either way. So. 
Thank you for joining us for part one of this conversation. Part two will be posted either the 13th or the 14th, Friday, Saturday of this week, uh, just depending on a few things. But again, thank you for joining us and catch you next time.